The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility. Responsible gaming resources. Yeah. The hidden pianos is like the, it's like Jaws coming. <laughs> Get out the water. Yeah. Check, check. Come on. I'm on a roll. I hit the up uh, like three in a row. Look how I've grown. They crossed me once, so I'm doing no more. I'm tipping on foes. I make the wave like driving a boat. They don't want smoke. If I let it go, then it's gonna go uh, Hands up, touchdown I run it back like a touchdown Hands up, touchdown Man, it go wild like a touchdown Hands up, touchdown I run it back like a touchdown Hands up, touchdown Man, it go wild when I touchdown Y'all know what it is. It's your boy, Jay Spencer King, and we are in Vegas. I'm here with Sarah Larson. You know who she is, host of the Line the Game show, and she does everything out here. She's doing it all. But we're out here for the Super Bowl. It's a great time. We're at this event with uh, Stevie Johnson and Pigeons of New York. And um, as you see, it's a lot going on behind us. There's a lot of things happening. Uh, we're going to have Stevie stop by in a minute. We're going to be able to talk to him. Our guy, Dale Reed, is here. Buffalo, you know, the Bills fan of the year. Even though he didn't quite get it uh, last night at the NFL Honors, he's here today. We're going to be able to talk to him, get his reaction on how things are going and how he's feeling about the entire trip. Uh, and then we had some other stuff happening, so we're going to get right into it. Just want to make sure y'all, y'all lock in with everything. Lock in with Sarah. She got some good stuff coming, and uh, let's get it. All right. How you feeling? I'm feeling all right. A lot of, a lot of stuff has been going on this whole entire week. I mean, it's been a crazy schedule, but, I mean, I feel blessed to be able to – Done all the things that we've been able to do. The NFL uh, SoFull celebration mm-hmm. was amazing. You got to see all the the people get recognized there um, with uh, Jamar Hamlin and Nate Burleson. That was, was amazing. Yeah. The music was amazing. Um, last night we got to go see uh, T Pain. That was you know pretty much a, a highlight too. For, at least for me it was. Um, but uh, we went out to uh, see Mina Kimes and Mina Kimes. Uh, and you know Dominique Foxworth, and that was just you know felt like one of those things that you got to like walk the red carpet, you got to take a picture in front of you know ESPN. Mm-hmm. I just it, it you know feels good to to experience all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it do feel good. And and speaking of the soulful celebration that Sarah was just talking about, so Demar Hamlin was awarded the comeback. Well, it, it was like a New Beginnings Award, is what it was called. Right. Um, again, just like Dell, uh, Buffalo missed out, and and Demar didn't win the Comeback Player of the Year award at the NFL Honor Show. Josh Allen didn't win NFL MVP, but it's all good. We got a lot of reasons to be happy. We got a re- lot of things to, to look forward to. Uh, one thing I do want to say, I don't want to go too far in this show without mentioning that this show, this special, is brought to you by Picasso's Pizza and Ficta Indel and Elmer Eye Care. We're focused on you, and we got the best, most flavorful pizza on game day. We're doing it all. We're doing it all. But but we're going to talk about them in a little bit as well So because I, I want to make sure Super Bowl's this weekend. So if you need that pizza, make sure you go get Picasso's. Yes. If you're placing some bets on DraftKings and, and your eyesight is messed up, you might want to win and put those <laughs> winnings on Fick the End of the Elmer Eye Care. But yeah. like I said, we're going to talk about that in a bit. But um, let me ask you. So you, you said T-Pain was a highlight for you. Um, for me, I enjoy T-Pain. I enjoy T-Pain. But for me, I think the highlight is kind of being out here and seeing just our community come together. Uh, and I don't mean our community as in just like the Bills, but just football okay. in general. Um, being out here, I got to, I got a chance to kind of run into some folk that I that 
you interact with a lot on Twitter or on, on Instagram and all these other platforms that that represent other teams or they cover other teams. So it was it was cool to like you mentioned Mina. So it, it was cool to see Mina. It was cool being out here knowing that Shannon Sharp is doing a live show down the street or yeah. Um, Sarah bumped into Cam at the airport, Camp Newton. <laughs> so stuff like that, I think, is a, is a is a really cool opportunity for me to kind of um, feel like I'm part of a bigger community right. than I am. You know, having that actually happen in person is, is cool to see. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you know, just walking around, you know, it's a different energy. I think it's always like that in Vegas. The the energy is always ridiculous. Um, but you know, when you have things like this, it just adds to it. You know, with the Super Bowl, the mm -hmm. draft. I know we talked about it, and we kind of joked about it. I kind of feel like the Super Bowl and the draft should be here every year. Um, that's kind of your adult playground here in, in Vegas. Yeah. And there's so much to do already. Um, and then you add in the Super Bowl, you know, activities or draft activities. And it just makes it for just an amazing week um, uh, of things to, to get done. So uh, still a few more things looking forward to uh, to taking advantage of. Um, this event is, is one of them. Um, the, the NFL breakfast is tomorrow morning. That's, mm -hmm. you know, a really cool opportunity for people. And just to go down media row, that's uh, going to be yeah. another thing that I think will be a highlight. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the, at first, I agree with you. Uh, I think I think the NFL absolutely should take advantage of the fact that Las Vegas has become sort of a sports mecca. Because if you go back just five years ago, not even like you don't even have to go back that far, but you go back five years ago and it was almost unheard of to think about sports right. in Las Vegas and um, I think obviously UFC had a lot to do with that being headquartered here and um, the summer league basketball games are here every year. But but outside of that, now you see the Raiders have come here and, and being out here, even though it's the Super Bowl and it's not their time, you can yeah. tell that this is a Raiders town. It's yeah. not it's not where like, for instance, I live in Phoenix. So uh, the Cardinals, they don't have a, a really passionate fan base. You could tell that the Raiders oh, yeah. brought their fans to Vegas. Yeah, no matter you know, where yeah. I went, I've yeah. seen uh, I've seen a Raiders fan or two um, at every store, every you know bar, every location I've went to, and they're you know we all joke as as Bills fans that you know your whole wardrobe is is Bills stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what I've been seeing with uh, with these you know Raiders fans uh, all day. This week. All day. They don't even be like like I said. It's like the Raiders are not even a thing this week, but. They're well represented in their Fair. town, and yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing to see. And, you know, it's also beautiful because, like us, you know, we're Bills fans, but we're here. There's a lot of fans from other fan bases yeah. as well. So, like I said, obviously the Raider fans are here because that's where we are. But, you know, I've, I've met people from – I've met a Bears fan this week. So, yeah. it's just – you know, so just – like you said, Vegas, I think, is that place, man. Like, I, I would absolutely support the NFL, you know – permanently having something here i don't know if the super bowl is the right because i know cities would get upset about that well, but yeah. but like the draft i think the draft should absolutely be here every year or even like the ownership meetings um you know the nfl ownership meetings typically happen they normally happen in phoenix i think they're changing that this year i don't know but just something has to be in in vegas yeah i, I mean i still think that um the super bowl is probably the top of my my mind for that but obviously you run into some you know issues because they do have a team now mm -hmm. so it's you know you're only bringing the income to to vegas yeah. uh but which most of these towns get a you know a lot of revenue um you know for for hosting a super bowl the thing is is that i think with vegas um even little you know places like new orleans um you have people who are willing to travel there for no other reason other than to take you know partake in all the events that are going on during the week mm -hmm. so whether or not your team is in the super bowl it's everything else i don't think you can get that at you know every city that you go to so no i agree i agree i think um you know it's just different here yeah. I, I think the whole time that we've been out here i've been telling you like it's just something about vegas yeah uh just so just being here so the last time i was here in vegas was for the draft yeah. and um you know it was it was just an incredible time then and it's an incredible time now the nfl knows what they're doing when it comes to entertainment when it comes to sure. um you know I, I don't i don't hate on the nba at all but when it comes to like overall product as far as an entertainment value they can learn some things from the nfl like the nfl is doing it um what do you what are your thoughts on let's talk about the game we're here okay. for the super bowl let's talk about the game what's your thoughts on uh just overall the energy this week coming into the game how are you feeling about the game? I know you're not as invested. Yeah. yeah. But but how do you feel? How do you think this game is going to play out? Well, first and foremost, um, you know, as a football fan, period, not just saying a Bills fan, I I still love watching the Super Bowl. I still, you know, I actually kind of like the gambling aspect now because uh, 
you know, you, you put some money down, you know, whether it's a $5 bet or something, you still have something riding on the game. Yeah, yeah. So I think all that is um, plays into how fun it can be. Um, but right now, I mean, when I look at the game, I look at, uh, I felt like San Fran was the team to beat all season. So I kind of felt like they were the most complete team on offense mm-hmm. and defense. I still feel that way. Um, I think that Kansas City obviously has the better quarterback, um, mm-hmm. you know, arguably the best quarterback in the league. Um, and their defense is not – I think their defense is kind of what's carried them this whole year. Yeah. Um, but I think that you got to figure out, uh, if you're San Fran, how to kind of control Travis Kelsey and how, and how to kind of keep the ball out of his hands. But at the same time, not um, forgetting about Rishi Rice and what he can, you know, bring to the game. Um, and then we're going to really look at whether or not – um, Pachenko's could, could get out there and, and run, yeah. you know, uh, kind of run all over San Fran or not. San Fran's supposed to have one of the best defenses. Can they, you know, make sure that they keep him under control? Uh, we'll see. I, I think Pacheco is funny all season. Everybody talks about the way he runs and, and how angry or, you know, how aggressive he runs. Uh, somebody said I, I, it was a funny tweet. They were like, Pacheco runs like he bites kneecaps or something. Like, and he, <laughs> But he, he just has this angry uh, running style and I'm but I'm actually curious to see the Chiefs defense against the 49ers offense. offense I think I know there's been a ton of talk about I mentioned Cam Newton earlier there's been a talk, ton of talk about Brock Purdy either being a game manager or a game changer I lean more to the side of uh, game manager but I understand what Cam's point is yeah. so for me I look at it that he's a game manager but he, he's making incredible throws at times he's he's a good decision maker um and, you know, when there's pressure on him, he, he'll mess up here and there. But I think overall, you know, you just have a quarterback that don't lose games for you and you're in the right, right. system being Kyle Shanahan. And I just yeah. think it's, it's going to work. And I think I think that's the thing. I think if you're even talking about game manager, game changer, when it, when you're talking about San Francisco and you think about a game changer, the only person that comes to mind right away is CMC, you know, Christian McCaffrey. And what how, you know, whether or not, you know, he's going to uh, be able to, run the way and catch out of the backfield the way he has all season. Yeah. Um, the guy is incredible. Uh, I think that he's going to be their main point of uh, focus. Uh, but they also have Kittle and Ayuk and Debo Samuels. Mm-hmm. I just think that it might be too many pieces for um, Kansas City to uh, to match up against. Now, with that being said, if you were to look at both teams, my opinion, I would say it's going to be what team screws up first. You know, like yeah. uh, that, makes a mistake. You know, yeah. makes a mistake because it is the Super Bowl. And on offense, you got, you know, I would never count the Chiefs out because of Mahomes and, uh, and Travis Kelsey. So I think that whatever team screws up first or the most is going to, they're going to be beating themselves in, you know, in an essence. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I think it's, um, I think it's important to recognize that we, we know Mahomes is Mahomes. And, um, at any given point in a game like this, he can he can do his thing. But one of the things that Sarah said is that this year it has been the defense of the Chiefs. And I think it's weird to see. But then it's also in the playoffs. It's just impressive to me how Andy Reid just – he just knows how to win. Flips the switch. He just knows how to win. Yeah. And it's like to be one of the greatest offensive minds in football and then you understand, you know what, well, this year my team isn't offensively gifted the same way. So let's be a, a defensively right. dominant team. And I, so to, to see Andy Reid do that, it, it – it grew my legend for him in my mind. Like I look at Andy Reid anyway as a legend, and now it's like, yo, this guy is incredible. Uh, let me ask you this, because and then we'll we'll kind of transition here for a second. I'm gonna grab Dale, and we'll get Dale Reid in, and, and we'll have a quick conversation. But let me ask you, because <laughs> you're talking about all these pieces that Brock Purdy has, right? And there was discussion about MVP for him. Yeah. Obviously, he didn't get it. Lamar Jackson won his second. Right. MVP, um, and there seems to be a lot of uproar about this because there was one voter who voted for Josh Allen and kind of robbed, quote-unquote, Lamar of a unanimous MVP. But, um, listen, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's fair to, to look at Lamar and Josh and say they both were deserved. But I brought up the Brock Purdy situation to lead to this question. So when we're talking about Brock Purdy, we're talking about the 49ers and, and the MVP conversation and Lamar and Josh. You know, I think out of everybody, Brock probably has the best situation. Yeah. 
you know, so when you look at that, it's tough for me. I agree with you. It's tough for me to say Brock could have or should have been MVP because like Christian McCaffrey had 20 plus touchdowns this year. It's just tough. So the question, let me, there was a long winded introduction to this question. Um, for you, when you're looking at these guys in this MVP conversation, and I want your reaction to last night. I want okay. your reaction. So right. um, when you're talking about these guys, what is it that qualifies or separates or, you know, because obviously Bills fans are upset that Josh didn't get it. So what is it that would qualify you to say, you know what, Josh didn't get it, but Lamar was deserving to, or if Lamar wasn't deserving in your opinion, like just, just. Right. I am. Um, first and foremost, I, I'm not going to say I don't think Lamar was deserving. I 100% think he was deserving. Do I think he was as deserving as Josh? Uh, yeah, to a certain extent. I feel like if we're going to look at stats and only stats, I think that Josh Allen, uh, number one, had a better statistical year than, than Lamar did. But I also think he's more important to the Bills team as a whole. He had, I think, 80-something percent of the offense, well, the offense ran, yeah. ran through him. Um, so if we're talking about MVP, to me, that's the most important person um, to a team in the NFL. And I honestly think that that is Josh Allen. Um, I do not think that if uh, we had any other quarterback under center, that this team, maybe other than, you know, Mahomes, um, that this team would have even won 11 games in this year. So I really do think that um, Josh has been overlooked a little bit. But with that being said, there's two things that Josh had um, that Lamar didn't, the turnovers mm -hmm. and the um, win-loss record. So uh, we all want to go back and forth and say whether or not, you know, uh, wins are a quarterback stat or not. But when it comes to the voters, it definitely factors into it. Lamar had the best, not only the best um, – record in the in the AFC I think it was uh in the the whole NFL I think it was uh they had a they game had over ones, yeah. yeah they had a game over um the NFC as well so when you factor in those things um do I think that you can plug in another quarterback in Baltimore and they still would have had the same success I think they would have had almost the same success I don't think it would have been exactly the same um success so I you know I would discredit a little bit of um if the backup quarterback was in there that defense really to me won quite a few games for Seven. for Baltimore uh for Seven. Baltimore throughout the year so I am disappointed that Josh didn't win MVP but I'm not going to take that away from Lamar there's no reason to take that away from Lamar now with kind of switching that gear and talking about because the question kind of came up because of Purdy to me Purdy and I, I you know kind of died on that cliff all season long he has the most weapons on offense, you know, in the NFL. I don't think if you took Purdy and put him on any other team in the NFL, you've made that team better. Right. So I think that the team makes Purdy better. Um, and that might be harsh to say, but I that's just kind of how I feel. I was um, – he makes certain plays that, you know, I'm watching. I'm like, wow, this guy can mm -hmm. be elite. I don't think he's he's earned that distinction yet. See, I don't think he can be elite. I think that, like you just mentioned, like I think he's um, surrounded by a group of talent that elevates his play. Like so, you know, I can. There's several examples I can give, but um, I, I think about somebody like different position. But I think about somebody like Peerless Price, and when he was in Buffalo, his time with Buffalo, he was paired up, you know, for however long with the receiving core that he was paired up with, it was easy for him to put up the numbers that got him his contract in Atlanta. Yeah. And then, like you mentioned, you put him on another team and you don't have the same, you don't have Eric Modes getting double teams or you don't have Lee Evans um, completely stretching the field out or whatever. So he wasn't the same. So I, I agree with you. I think if you put Brock Purdy on the Buffalo Bills, I think the Buffalo Bills loses way more games than they did this year. I think if you put Josh Allen on the, the San Francisco 49ers, I think they're probably undefeated. undefeated. Yeah. Or the same thing with Baltimore. I think that defense, if you get a defense like that and then you put a quarterback, which is interesting about the MVP conversation because it actually came up on Twitter. You were um, talking about it earlier where – who put that up? Uh, I don't remember. I want to say Rev. Okay, so Rev, it. shout out to Buffalo Fanatics and shout out to my guy Rev. Uh, and he asked a question that was basically like, if you put, if you switched the, was it the, the stats? The stats. If you switched the stats. But but the conversation for us developed into another step. And it was like, well, if if you, if Lamar Jackson 
has 40 plus touchdowns with that defense, I think it's, it's I don't think he would have just been MVP. I think he would have broke every single, like, the algorithms for any of this stuff. It would have just yeah. been all Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So it was basically if you take Josh's stats, gave them to Lamar, and gave um, uh, Lamar, um, excuse me, Josh's Lamar stats, uh, would Josh have won MVP with Lamar's stats? Um, and, you know, honestly – I don't think so. Uh, I, I don't think we would have even won 11 games um, yeah. if Josh had Lamar's stats. Uh, and I think a lot of that is because of the differences in the, the defense. So, you know, we, we kind of went out on a, a couple of tangents on that, that conversation earlier. But in the end, it's, you know, if Lamar Jackson ever had the stats that, that Josh had, um, that, that team would have went 17-0. So do I still think he would have been MVP? Yes, over Josh. Mm -hmm. um, especially if Josh had Lamar's stats, I don't think they would have went 11-6 and six at all um, throughout the season. So I think that would have even factored more into the, the voting. Yeah. So so all that to say, I think Sarah and I both are in agreement when we say that um, Lamar Jackson does deserve the award. And we were rooting for Josh. We think Josh really can make a case a strong case to, to have been the winner. Uh, but listen, when, when you have the best record in the league, when your star running back goes out early, when your free agent wide receiver, big signing is getting paid 15 million a year and he only has 34 catches on the season and he's injured a lot. And, you know, and you're depending on rookie Zay flowers who isn't mature enough yet to really be your guy. Those things factor into right. the voters decisions and, you know, to have the best record for Lamar to not have the turnovers like Sarah mentioned that, that Josh does, because with all of those injuries, you would almost assume that he has to force more. Or he has to do so much more and try to put himself or his team in a good position. And that would ruin it. Yeah. And he then hasn't. Yeah, he there's, hasn't. There's arguments that everyone can make because we can pick and choose. We can, you know, say, but, you know, Lamar would have thrown more interceptions if he actually thrown more. Um, you know, he ran so much. Uh, I think someone else posted that. Uh, this is the first year someone won MVP as a quarterback that had, um, you know, middle of the pack, not top 10, but like middle of the was, pack. Well, yard. it wasn't. It was, I think, in yards and touchdowns. Receiving, he was outside of the top 10. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little hard to say that. But um, one of the best things about Lamar is his legs and they use it correctly. They um, they have a dual threat. Uh, and, you know, as Bills fans, we should appreciate that because mm -hmm. uh, we have a dual threat quarterback as well. We complained half the season why are we not using josh you know josh's legs a little bit more when the opportunity you know presents itself uh not just on scrambles but on you know designed plays uh, so we have to appreciate the fact of what lamar you know has done and again i still think he was very much deserving of the award um would i have liked josh to win of course you know i think we all would have do i think they were both deserving 100 percent. absolutely all right well We'll be right back with you. We got Dale Reed coming up next. We're going to talk to him a little bit about uh, the NFL honors and his experience on his way out here. Look at him peeking in the back. There hey. we go. So we'll be right back with you. We'll have Dale Reed jumping in. And, uh, hey, go Bills. Hey, football fans. The season is here. So you know that means family, football, and food. But for the NFL's best fan base, it can't be just any food. Bill's Mafia only eats the best during the season. And the best is Picasso's Pizza. With four great locations in Western New York, it's so easy to treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back, and I got, I got Buffalo's fan of the year. I know it didn't work out the way we wanted it to, but we got the guy. What's up, Dale? What's going on, man? Thanks, man. For, uh, thanks for having me. It's good to see you, man. I, I, I felt I felt for you last night, but I know I know you, so I know it wasn't uh, a bad experience at all for you. So tell us a little bit about it, man, just the overall experience. I, I saw some of the pictures and videos you posted, of, like, coming and 
and all that. So just let let, let everybody know how, how it's going. Yeah, it was it was awesome, to be honest with you. I saw a lot of people that were kind of upset that I didn't win, that Tom won. I've met Tom. I got to work with him over the summer. Great, great guy. What he did, he absolutely deserved NFL Fan of the Year. Um, I'm happy for him. Yeah. So, and I was a part of that in a way. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm claiming one percent. I'm claiming one percent <laughs> of uh, the NFL Fan of the Year. But honestly, I don't care. Like, I mean, not not in a bad way, but like, right, right. it's totally cool. I just bills are all that matter anyway. Mm-hmm. So, an honor. Uh, earlier, Sarah and I were talking about the honors overall. So, you know, it wasn't just you that got snubbed. Uh, you know, I think the Bills fans obviously are very upset about Josh. Uh, and we'll talk about that. We'll get your reaction on that. But what are your thoughts about the DeMar? Um, you know, the guy literally died and came back and, and didn't win comeback player of the year. How do you feel about that? I, it was kind of weird. I, and honestly, I thought that it was a slam dunk. No brainer. I mean, the dude literally died. <laughs> and at the end of the day, these awards, that's, that's all they are. They're awards. Mm-hmm. They get eventually, you know, they collect dust. They get put into a, a box or, a, a box yeah. or a, you know, put in the attic after however many. It, it's just it's just other people's approval. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's all it is. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Um, that said, I mean, no disrespect to Joe Flacco. What a cool story. Yeah. Dude's on the couch. Next thing you know, he's with probably a bunch, a bunch of strangers that he never played with. Dudes, he's probably older than almost all of them. Twice their age. Yeah, and so he's helping him in the playoffs. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, he didn't die. Right, <laughs> He didn't right. die on the football field. But at the same time, you know, it is what it is. The most important thing uh, that DeMar won was life. Absolutely. And so let's not lose sight of the big picture here. I feel like when this is all happening back in Jan- last January, um, we all had a good – feel for the big picture of things mm-hmm. let's not lose it right right yeah and i think i think that's important and i know obviously in western new york we haven't lost sight of that but i do think it i think part of it um could be exhaustion about the story which which is sad in a way yeah. um but i i think the nf the nfl over covered it when it happened yeah that's a good point that's a good point like it was everywhere you know everybody had uh, patches on their mm-hmm. jerseys the next week which they should have which is right, a great, right. great way to rally around that situation and that might be the case but at the end of the day like all these awards all this all you're involved in humans yeah. humans aren't perfect humans have their own um opinions and whatever so yeah it is like i said he won life so that's all that matters yeah well i'm just happy that that um like the perspective you have, I feel like it's the same one that Demar has as well. Um, so the other night at the Soulful Celebration, uh, which actually will air tomorrow night. So when you hear this, the Soulful Celebration airs uh, tomorrow night, but Demar won the New Beginning Award that night. So I still feel like you mentioned it's just validation from other people, but I, I still feel that the NFL recognized and and said like, hey man, you got a new beginning at life, and this is a beautiful thing. So mm-hmm. you know we're, we're there, man. But I see you repping. You repping the team, man. We got Poncho's Army out here in Vegas as well. Um, is there anything going on um, charity-wise coming up for you? I know 26, you know, I, I, we all know the brand. We know the <laughs> brand. But is there anything special that you have going on that you kind of want to highlight? Or um, Every Monday. Every Monday we're rolling out a new campaign to help a different, you know, family in need. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whenever this gets posted, you know, this past Monday we just – started helping somebody and this next Monday we're going to start helping somebody. When I say we, I mean not 26 shirts, but the community that supports mm-hmm. us that, you know, um, either, either buys the gear that's supporting that family or clicks through to the GoFundMe that, that the, that family may have that we would link to. So we just keep, we're just still grinding, doing it and yeah. um, looking forward to hitting $2 million total soon, but that's we'll get crazy. there when we get there. It that's is crazy. crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> It is crazy. That's crazy. And and I tell y'all what, I know you all know this, but lately I feel like they're they've um at twenty six shirt the creative ideas that they're coming up with. I think they own a, they own a ball right now. So I think you know every Monday be on the lookout for those drops um because they're, they're getting listen. It happens. The more you practice, the more you do it, you get better. But they got fire now. Like I feel like some <laughs> of this stuff. I know it's on their showroom. They need to talk to like the Buffalo store or the Bill store. Get some of that stuff in there because it's fire. But uh, that's that's, that's, that's that. I got that's a good that. team. I'm not taking any credit for that. I got a good team. You do. I got to come back and visit again. Get another burger. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, you have right here your Buffalo Bills fan of the year, Mr. Dell Reed. Man, 
thank you so much. Oh man, I appreciate appreciate the uh, the invite to come on and uh, what an awesome thing Stevie's doing today, and it's cool to be a part of it. Yeah, Stevie's killing man. We're gonna have Stevie soon coming up next. Uh, so again, stay tuned. Go Bills. Go Bills. All right, guys, we're back. We are going to do a slice of the game segment presented by Picasso's Pizza. Like Spence said earlier, make sure you go and pick up your pizza for, for the game day on Sunday. So my question to you is, uh, for who, you know, for each team, who is the X factor that you feel like um, for the Super Bowl, uh, whether you want to do the Chiefs or the 49ers or both? And uh, outside the, like, the usual, you know, we always say Mahomes, you yeah. know, for, for the Chiefs and, and whatnot. Uh, what, you know, who do you feel like is going to have an, like a serious impact on getting that Lombardi for one of the teams this year? Well, from the 49ers, I want to get, uh, I want to get Debo Samuel involved as much as, and I know he's, he's their star receiver. So it's not an unusual suspect, but, um, when, when, when Debo Samuel is able to kind of get involved, they get him the ball either out the backfield or just quick passes where they give him the ball. What he does is he opens the game up for Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. And in a game like this, you want your best player to have his best game. And if Debo Samuel can make anything easier for Christian McCaffrey, look at like it's over. Right. Um, if I'm the Chiefs, then I'm again, it's, it's a star. But typically with the Chiefs, you talk about Mahomes, you talk about Kelsey. I'm going to talk about Chris Jones. I think offense, defense, I think um, – the Chiefs have struggled, the only struggle on defense that they've had. They're middle of the pack um, when it comes to defending the run. We just talked about Christian McCaffrey. I would be nervous if Chris Jones and that defensive line doesn't have a big day. If they can't stop, or at least stopping is impossible. You're not going to stop him. If they can't at least slow him down enough to where he's not destroying the game, this might be over by half. And I really feel like that. I know it's the Chiefs. I know earlier I was talking about how, how um, Andy Reid is just a a great legendary coach and he's switched up this year to be defensive. But um, I really all season, I've been saying that the San Francisco 49ers are the best team top to bottom. And I think they've proven that game after game after game, they've lost a couple. Obviously the, the Baltimore loss was ugly in San Francisco. Um, so they, they've had some ugly losses, but I just think they're too complete of a team. And I think at this point they're healthy. Like how do you come into the Super Bowl fully? Like that's yeah. just, that's insane. Uh, and Nick Bosa's pissed off because he didn't win the defensive player of the year award. So, you know, I just think the 49ers, I don't know. I, I, it's my home. I don't want to yeah. bet against them. I get it. A lot of people are like, I've learned my lesson. But I just, I'm going, I, I got to go with the 49ers for those reasons. Yeah. Now, you made a, a good point when you talked about Chris Jones and, and the Chiefs and whether or not um, he could be the X factor, you know, on, on not only defense, but for the game for the Chiefs. I kind of looked at it one way. Um, both teams are very good at adjusting at halftime. Yeah. Uh, so I think that that's going to be, that's going to play a huge yeah. part. Uh, I don't think any team, um, either of the teams uh, should, would be able to come back. Um, excuse me. Let me, let me rephrase that. I think that the, <laughs> well, because that I'm the way I'm going to say it. I think that the chiefs uh, can fall behind, make adjustments. And then the second half come out and um, kind of just go crazy and win the game. I would have never said that about the, the 49ers. I felt like they're good at making uh, those changes, but I would never have thought that they would be the team to come back in the second half. And with, you know, Purdy as your quarterback, putting all those points up and, and, and you know, coming back for a win until I saw the, AFC, you know, the NFC championship game. Mm -hmm. So um, before that game, I would have been like, they can't fall behind. There's no way they can fall behind. They ain't coming back, you know, especially against Mahomes. But now I'm kind of equally like, it's going to be the team that can make them, you know, the adjustments the most. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I'm looking at specific players, I would say for the Chiefs myself, um, it's going to be getting one of the other wide receivers uh, available um, and uh, actually catching, you know, catching the ball, whether it's MBS or, um, you know, however they're they're going to do it. I don't even know if um, uh, uh, Tony's going to be playing as. He's still I don't know if he's going to be inactive or not. But that when you when you were talking, that's why I picked up my phone because I was actually going to tell everybody. So the Chiefs, obviously, they don't trust him, and they shouldn't. He's been terrible. <laughs> he's been terrible. But there are odds 
plus 1,100 on a Kadarius Tony touchdown oh, wow. in the Super Bowl. And I'll tell you what, um, I know people say, well, Patrick Mahomes, you know, why would he trust him on the biggest stage where he couldn't trust him during the season? Uh, what I will tell you about these guys in the NFL, um, they love stories and they love redemption stories and they love proven, um, you know, okay. they love that. So I, I could absolutely see a scenario where if it's there and Mahomes takes it, this guy uses this as his motivation going forward. And I think Tony could, could have a, a, a decent, you know, showing. But if he's active, we'll if see. If he's active. Um, when it comes to the 49ers, for me, um, obviously you always have the, the usual suspects, which we were trying to avoid with Debo Samuels. I think Ayuk is mm-hmm. um, just as much of a star. But I'm going to go kind of a little bit differently. I'm going to say we they need to get George Kittle involved. Hmm. And I think that um, if he's involved, that's going to take – some of the linebacker, you know, the pressure off of, um, you know, off of Purdy because uh, to, to me, they're going to have to pay more attention to him. Absolutely. So I, I look forward to, to seeing him. I don't feel like he was as involved as he should be um, throughout the, the playoffs. So I think that they're going to focus a little bit more on that. And I honestly think that San Francisco is probably the best offense that the Chiefs have fa- you know, faced yeah. all year. More, most stacked offense. I mean, they literally have, you know, two – uh, Pro Bowl wide receivers. They have a Pro Bowl uh, tight end, a Pro Bowl and Offensive Player of the Year uh, recipient, recipient in uh, Christian McCaffrey. And then obviously um, the person who you look at as a game manager, we all look at it, you know, I shouldn't say we all, we look at it as a game manager and Purdy not to make the mistakes to, to lose the game. Yeah, no, I, I, every point you made, you spitting, you cooking out here. Wait. Can I say that women are cooking? I saw somebody get in trouble. Yeah, somebody got in trouble. Yeah, somebody got fired from work from saying, let her cook. Uh, so I'm not going to say let her cook, but you're doing that. You, that's yeah. a good take. Um, this student tell me to go make you a sandwich. Yeah, don't. don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we ain't going to go there. We we uh we like our jobs, you know? So shout out to, never mind. I was going to say shout out to Jerry Sullivan. But anyway, anyway, I'm getting in trouble for the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I drink too much out here. Don't don't come to Vegas. You know what huh. No, come to Vegas. It's actually, yeah. I, I wish more people um, who I've connected with on Twitter were able to be here. Man. I will need it, a month for my liver to recover. Though. I can. Yo, um, I need, <laughs> I, I already told, I was, I, I hit, um, I know you know Tiff. I hit Tiff and I was like, yo, after this, I'm going to need a whole week, like to just let my body recover. Yeah. I, I am, we, we got a chance to see T-Pain last night and I am sore <laughs> from that show. Um I mean, every event I feel like we've we've been to. Um, one of the things that they do is just supply alcohol. So. They supply alcohol. Shout out to Stevie Johnson. Yes, <laughs> and, yes. Thank and you, actually, you know what? You. I do want to take a second too. This isn't part of anything. They're not, or I'm saying as far as sponsorships or anything with us. But there's a lot of good people here. There's a lot of cool different businesses that we've been able to network with at this Stevie Johnson and um, Pigeons of New York event. Uh, NFT Energy. Look for this drink. NFT Energy drinks. It's it's uh, zero calories. Um, it, it's so high in sodium for me, but I know a lot of y'all like to drink energy drinks. Zero sugar, zero calories, uh, zero fat. All that. I don't know what I normally look for, but these are pretty good. Check them out and and um, you know support support each other. They're good people. Picture this: crystal clear vision without the hassle of glasses or contacts. Imagine watching Josh Allen's game-changing touchdowns with absolute clarity. At Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care, we can make that a reality. Now, in a matter of seconds with Zeiss Smile technology, you can see clearly and get back to doing the things you love as soon as the next day. Visit us online at Ficta.com and take our free self-test to see if you're eligible and schedule an evaluation. Ficta, Endel, and Elmer Eye Care. Focused on you. Go Bills! Okay, so we're back. Listen, I'm about to get Sarah stressed. I'm about to stress her out because I'm going to have her put her gm hat on and she's going to tell you how the buffalo bills this is it the clear vision segment presented by victor endel and elmer eye care what is it that brandon bean and sean mcdermott need to see clear this offseason whether it's the draft free agency letting certain people walk or letting some people come back or what what do, what do they have to do what lasik correction do we need in the front office for the buffalo bills to be in this position next year as opposed to being the chiefs Yes, <laughs> that's the answer. All of the above. Um, I think first and foremost, uh, you know, you can never predict injuries. So I, I have to say that I think that our season would have been very different if we were more healthy throughout the, the season. But 
for that being said, injuries are a thing in the NFL, period. So I think that we thought the Bills were super deep in at almost every position. Uh, so in our minds, you can lose the, the starter and then next man up and you should be fine. Um, it's when you lose that man and you're going into the, you know, third or fourth string that um, it becomes a little, you know, a little bit more difficult. We had a lot of people step up, um, but then we had a lot of people that were starters that you thought were going to make a difference and, and didn't. Uh, this year, we, with us being so far over the cap, uh, we're going to have to make a lot of moves financially, um, internally, whether or not we're, you know, letting certain people go. Uh, I think my goal is for us to get a little bit younger. Which I mean, I think that that's that's the answer right there. I think we're going to need to hit at the draft. Uh, we have ten picks. Uh, I think that we can get probably a good six, seven of those. You know, those picks that could contribute. But that is a very different philosophy than we've seen from you know being in McDermott over the years. Usually, they feel like it's a two or three year process. Yeah. Um. But it worked for Kincaid last year. Now, obviously. Every you know rookie has that that freshman wall that we you know that we or rookie wall that we all you know kind of talk about. Where around game twelve, all of a sudden you know production falls off a little bit, and I think that happened a little bit to to both uh, Kincaid and um, Osiris throughout you know the season. But I'm looking forward to our second and third year players coming in and really contributing this year. But we have to have the rookies contribute as well. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, I put that completely on Bean and our scouting team, and I hope, I hope they can, you know, hit. I think that if you get sixty percent right, you you feel like you won the the draft. Um, sometimes you don't know if you got that, you know, that sixty percent though, and for a couple of years. But I really think that um, for us to succeed, kind of just like what Kansas City's done the last couple of years, mm -hmm. they really um, drafted well, and you you have you know seventh rounders starting. You have the 49ers who are also in the, the Super Bowl with the seventh round, you know, uh, pick with, with Purdy, who is, you know, starting as quarterback in the, you know, in the NFL um, and now in his first Super Bowl, you know. So I look forward to seeing what they can do. But I, like I said, I, I just feel like they really need to, to hit on the, the draft this year. Yeah, no, I agree. I, they need to hit on the draft. But I also think um, they need to find they need to find help. For Stefan Diggs and I know a lot of people are probably a little fed up at this point with all the media um, surrounding Diggs as far as if he wants to be in Buffalo if he doesn't right. and all this but what I, one thing I'm looking at and I know a lot of people didn't like the way I perceived or even spoke about Gabe Davis um, but I think Gabe Davis is gone I think oh, you know yeah. I don't think we have the money for him so I think at this point I think he's in Kansas City next year but um, they need to either find a rookie or they need to find good value in free agency that won't break the break the bank you spoke about the cap situation let me ask you this and then and then we can um get our game predictions out here and then we can get on out and enjoy this party a little bit but um when you're looking at these bills and you look at the cap situation who which which sacrifice is going to be the heartbreak do you think trey's gone trey white do you think i actually i actually don't um for for me um, right now, I believe he's going to count for about 17 uh, million against the cap. Um, but we, his dead cap number is 11. So you're you're talking six million dollars saving to let him go, but one less player. So who are you going to bring in for that six million dollars? That's the difference. That's going to make a difference on this team. Um, we we know what it feels like to lose a whole bunch of you know men in our secondary. I think that you keep them. Um, I do think that. There's a possibility that we ask him to rework his um, his contract or take a discount. Mm -hmm. um, it, that's always a tricky question um, to to ask. You, you know, see, with two major injuries, it, it it has to be something considered. And I know right. Trey White, we love him. We love right. him dearly. He's a he's a great player when he's healthy. Um, but now you have two seasons in a row where he's had major injuries. Right. So then the so then the question becomes, well, is Trey going to be the same Trey? He might not be. Um, but that's why. I kind of feel like that six million dollars that we would save if we, um, you know, were to release them. I kind of feel like that's the, the number that you work with with him. Um, tell him, you know, hey, we'll we'll, we'll build back in like incentives. Um, so if you're, or even just um, in game day bonuses, if you're active in in your playing, 
um, then you, you know, you get this, the, the added uh, salary throughout the, the season. But, you know, it's, oh, it's always hard when you have two significant, you know, season-ending injuries. We don't know what kind of, you know, uh, Trey White we're going to get. He was starting to come back last last season, I feel like, and, and then the injury. I hated um, that for him. I, hated I definitely that hated that for him. So I kind of look at it this way. Um, we have a pretty deep secondary um, if everyone shows up the way it's well, supposed to. But I tell you, so I mean, you, you and I'm not talking secondary. safety. I'm just talking. Oh, I and mean, I was just about to say, at now um, I know Jordan technically Jordan Poyer has another year left on his contract. I don't know if the Bills are going to bring him back. Micah Hyde, his post seemed a lot like a goodbye. Yeah, his wife's post too sounded like uh, she, you know, like it sounded like he was going to retire. Um, I almost pray for that for him. You know, like it, the injuries you, this yeah, year were rough. The injury, the injuries, and then that fear of re-injury or something worse. Yeah. Um, I don't want that for him. And, and you know what? Really, the fear that you mentioned is normally when you get injured again because you're not – I feel like – not I feel like. It's a fact. Injuries happen more when players hold back because then they're not following techniques properly or they're not right. doing the things the right way. So um, it, it's, it's tough for, for him. But I'll tell you what. Could you imagine a Rasul Douglas and Tredavious White cornerback room? And then you have – and then you got Benford and you got – like I love the depth. Yeah. And now with our new cornerbacks uh, coach, I, I really feel like um, he can come in and, and really train up uh, Elam and, and Benford to be even, you know, better um, at, you know, at kind of perfecting their crafts. I know that um, we all kind of given up on Elam already, but I don't think the Bills have. Not me. <laughs> Not me. I didn't give up on my guy. But I think uh, what you were asking initially is um, who do I think is going to be the heartbreak? Um, I just think it's more somebody who is, a free agent that we're not going to be able to, you know, afford to bring back. Um, some people care about whether or not we bring back Gabe Davis. I think the team cares that we're not going to be able to bring him back. Um, so that might be a heartbreak for the players on the team that he won't be in, you know, in a Bills uniform next year. Um, I think like last year, Edmonds was, you know, was that guy for us. Sorry, I didn't mean to make you cry. Uh, <laughs> but um, I really think that, uh, Somebody like, you know, AJ um, Epinesa, who really kind of stood out this year. I think he's going to be kind of that heartbreak uh, that we might not be able to afford to, to bring back. If we're going to bring somebody back like Floyd, um, I would think it would be great to bring both of them back. But it's not always possible. Um, you know what would be nice? What? If we could literally get rid of Vaughn's contract and just pay AJ Epinesa yeah. and, and Leonard Floyd yeah. with the money that we're waste I mean that we're give that they're paying. <laughs> Wasting. <laughs> <laughs> you showed me something. Uh Diggs has more tackles on the year. Stefan Diggs, your starting star wide receiver, has more defensive tackles on the season than Ron did. Than your star edge rusher. That just doesn't that doesn't sit well in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we can all sit here and hope that uh, next season uh, Vaughn is fully recovered and healed and um, strong again, and he's able to put on that season that we all want. You know, the one that we kind of expected. You know, uh, the first year that he he came on board, but you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. I, I don't see us. You know getting rid of him though and i know a lot of people think that um he could be part of the you know the the casualty the cap casualties i don't think the amount of money we would lose uh for uh releasing him and no one's going to take on his his cap uh to no. trade so not at his age so um I, I think he'll be on the team next year he's another one that we might ask to to rework a little bit and and kind of throw incentives in there i kind of said that a couple of weeks ago on uh, line again but we'll we'll see because I honestly think that Stefan Diggs is another one of those um, players that a lot of people think will be out the door. Don't see it. Now, for me, if he is, that's my heartbreak. I don't see it happening. Like, I don't it, either, it just, especially with his cap number. It don't I, make they can, sense. They can, you know, do a, a post 6-1 so that it rolls over to next year. So it's split between the two years. It is the $19 million savings if we do that. But then it's a $22 million dead hit, uh, dead cap hit next year. And we still gotta fit. We still gotta fill that position. You have no idea whether or not you're gonna fill that position with a number one wide receiver, especially I, in the draft. I just don't. Uh, I'm a, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. I'm adding to it by saying, in my mind, there's no way the Buffalo Bills will pay Stephon Diggs to play for another team. Yeah. 
he's still that's very good. That's he, a good way to explain it. He hasn't diminished. I know if you look at the second half of the season, you see the decline in the numbers. I think you have to he, – he spoke about it um, on Radio Row this week where he was talking about how just the offense changed. When you change from Ken Dorsey to, to Joe Brady, the the offense structure is different. Right. But when it comes to who Stephon Diggs is, he's still him. And I want that man to retire a Buffalo Bill. And I need the media. And I'm, I'm media. You're media. So, you know, I'm taking accountability. But at the same time, I'm not the one out here putting those type of stories right. out. At some point, we got to stop. Like, we're going to run stuff out. We're going to run stuff out. And it's happened to so many other guys over the course of their careers in Buffalo. The Marshawn Lynch trade wasn't Buffalo wanting to trade right. Marshawn Lynch. You know, we got rid of beast mode because beast mode got – it's just it's just bad. And and I can go all the way back to just the treatment through media or even fan bases at, at certain right. points. And I just feel like we got to – we really got to do better with that stuff. And, and you want a guy like Stefan Diggs to retire a Buffalo Bill, period. Wholeheartedly agree. Period. And, and, you know, I'm a little biased. Like I said, he's my favorite player. But, um, you know, a lot of people have replied throughout the week, hey, you know, he, he how can you say he's him? He's, you know, especially how, how bad he was towards um, the end of the season. I, I won't even say That's bad, right. how much he didn't contribute. But then in the divisional playoff game, That's right, dropping, man. you know, passes and – um. I think that we all forget that they are human as well. You got to make that catch. That's what you get paid to do. I get all the, the narratives and everything behind it. Um, but when you're not utilized as much as you're used to, when you're not utilized um, where you, you're used to getting 10 targets a game and all of a sudden you're only getting two or three, sometimes, you know, you get out of that repetition mode and you have bad games. He had a bad game. I'm not trying to be an apologist for him. I just want... <laughs> But I want the Bills fans to stop trying to run him out of town. You're absolutely an apologist. I know, I am, I am. You don't I have am. to cover that. We so know everyone, picks on, everyone picks on everybody else about being a, you know, a Josh Allen apologist. I'm the first one to, to say I'm not a Josh Allen apologist. I love Josh. He's my second favorite player. But um, I I see when there's, when there's you know, issues with, with play. And why not point it out? Um, I don't think they give a two, you know, two craps about – how I feel about their play. Um, but I think that they're most self-critical than we, anyone wants to give them credit for. So you can tell, you can't tell me that Steph wasn't pissed off at himself I'm or sure. his game. Yeah. I'm sure Steph is harder on him than any of us could ever right. be. He's harder on himself for that stuff. And um, I think that's why I try to take the angle that I take most times when it comes to, now I, there are moments when I, I'd really just get kind of fed up with a guy right. and it's just like, you're not bringing value to the team. I was like that with Isaiah McKenzie. Um, but Diggs is not Isaiah McKenzie. And to me, Diggs is not Gabriel Davis. Um, it, Josh said this week that Stefan Diggs, he credits Stefan Diggs for a lot of the success that he's had in his career. And he feels that, that Steph would say the same, same about thing. him. And, you know, I just, I don't understand even, even with the, the drop in production at the end of the season. Um, nope. Pun intended there with the drop. drop. But, yeah. But even even with the, the drop in production, I, I feel like, you know, a player like Steph, a player like Josh, when you have those two together, it it should be it should be like that Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning connection. It should be like when you have a receiver and a great quarterback that can put up a Hall of Fame number career for both. Like Josh, if Steph now I get it, Steph is not so Josh is gonna be playing when Steph retires, he'll still be playing. But absolutely, Josh Allen gets Stephon Diggs to the Hall of Fame. Absolutely, Stephon Diggs stay with Josh and get to the Hall of Fame. I know Bills fans want think, Super Bowl. I'll, I think, but I think for Steph, I, at this point in his career, I'm almost saying all he really needs is is that Super Bowl for Steph to be able to be considered a Hall of Famer. I would agree. I would agree. He, he's already he's had the four best receiving years in Buffalo Bills history. Right. He's um, he's done so much. He's hit. He, he's a Hall of Famer in my book. He's going to be a first ballot. But what I'm saying is, it's like you don't want the end of your career to be because because there's already the, the stigma out there about him that he's right. Um, same thing, basically the, the Terrell Owens thing. And and I get it. Uh, Diggs is expressive. But one thing that I've seen this year, and, and we can wrap this up because I feel like we're just going. But one thing I've seen this year, when people talk about how much they think Diggs doesn't want to be in Buffalo and how much he doesn't love Buffalo, going to the games. And watching him 
the sideline energy just, he gives. And, and but, I mean, I'm not even talking about with the fans. No, I mean just being on the sideline and you watch him, and he's so happy. He's he's encouraging everybody. He's energetic. He's smiling. He's yeah. singing. He's dancing, and he's he's enjoying Buffalo. And I hate the fact that he has to continually answer the same question. It, it, on Kay Adams' show, it sounded like he was crying. Like yeah. It was like he was so emotional. It was like, oh, my God, leave this shit alone. Yeah. And I hope to be able to talk to, to Stevie about it in a little bit because I kind of want to ask him, how does he feel about the way Steph has handled all those questions? Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to get his response to that. Well, you know what? Let's make that happen. Let's bring my, my, my guy Stevie Johnson in. We're going to talk to him about the wide receiver positions uh, group in Buffalo. We're going to talk about the stress that happens with Diggs that Sarah was just talking about and some other stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back. Go Bill. All right, guys. Welcome back. I am honored. I have to say it. I get to be joined with Buffalo Bills Let's legend, TV Johnson. Um, kind of, I get a few minutes to kind of geek out myself. Uh, I do a, a co-host with uh, Jerry Ostrowski on my my podcast, so that was a little geek out moment yeah. of you know little kid me uh, watching the Bills back in the day, and John Fina. I get you know yeah. I get to work with now too, so this is it's really amazing, cool for yeah. me. So um, first and foremost, uh, Club HBHF. You know, want to talk about it a yeah, little bit so we can sure. make sure, especially you know Buffalo, everything you've been doing there what you know is going on and then obviously your collaboration with uh pigeons of new york yes yes so um so club hbhf was created by my wife and i um along with members in our family you know um what we wanted to do was was create something that that the younger generation and and everyone can can take with them and it was the balance of life i felt mm. handle your business then have fun you ah. know um you, you can't, I feel like you shouldn't do one without the other, you know, and, and if you want to scrap one, scrap the having fun part right. and just handle biz, handle hey. biz. <laughs> but there'll still be things you have to go through with yeah. that, a stressful mind and things yeah. like that. So it's, it's a balance. That's why I say that, you know. Um, and then along with that, you know, we want to just evolve things. We want to always be in a community. We wanted to um, use what I became successful at, which is sports. Um, to bring kids in and then teach them more, you know, and that ultimately evolved our, our club HBHF evolved into Exposure Academy. Right. And um, the Exposure Academy allowed us to take student athletes and entrepreneurs and um, go even further with them. Instead of just teaching them football skills for an hour or hour or two hours, we spent weeks with these kids now wow. and we prepping them with more than sports, you know. So um, I'm, I'm really I'm really proud to be a part of this uh, this program that we created. And I'm also very proud at the support that we've had, right. you know, and it all starts with, with Buffalo, right. you know, they, they had the strongest support, the Western New York community supported everything we did. We, we took the kids out there for a week and a half and we had no issues doing internships, going to banks, going into, um, where did we go? What's the, the Sabres arena? We yeah. was there uh, doing cooking. Yeah, yeah. Key Bank, we was at Key Bank doing uh, cooking, cooking classes. Oh, wow. So yeah, <laughs> I, it, it was pretty cool and it was yeah. so easy because of the partnership. Yeah, you know? and I think so, people probably don't, recognize all the different things you guys are doing they just probably equate it to football yeah yeah um, well they, they don't it's maybe they recognize maybe they don't but i don't think they recognize that it's happening because of the partnerships yeah. you know that's what i want them to understand like we can i can only do so much you know we can only do so much but then when you add partners that's done things have visions that i haven't it's just so much yeah. more valuable and i mean so. obviously with this today you can see how many people are supporting you and yes. in, in your endeavor so i think it's amazing I love what you've been doing in the community. You're kind of always out there in Buffalo. You, I think you want to do more, and it's just not yeah. possible, yeah, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is great. <laughs> kind of want to, you know, flip the script a little bit here. Um, as a wide receiver, you know, I'm sure you've seen all this stuff with Stefan Diggs, yeah, you know, yeah, this season. We went sure. through it last season. We kind of, you know, hoped it wasn't, we weren't going to go through it again this season. Um, but he's been on Media Row a little right. bit this week. And okay, I cool. think, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, he's talked to, to King Adams a couple of times, and he's, made a couple of comments um again kind of not making bills fans feel confident that he's going to be back next season Maybe. my first question to you is do you feel like he'll, he's going to be back um and then the second question is how do you feel like he's handling the situation he's my favorite player currently yeah. on the bills yeah. um there's a part of me that's like will you just dead the you know dead the narrative um 
but at the same time, like he's human. Like, of course, he's got to feel the way he feels and let him express right. himself. So Absolutely. how do you kind of feel about both whether or not he'll be here and, and how he's handling it? Yeah, uh, well, one, yeah, I do think he'll be here. I think it's a special connection. Once you've seen Josh get teamed up with Stefan, you just seen the evolution of the offense, the evolution of those individual players, you know. And um, it would be hard for me to, to see him leave when you just uh, accumulated 400 catches in, in four years, you know. He missed. He missed one. We all, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it, it happens. We, we know we didn't want it to happen, but at the same time, I don't think that one was enough for um, us to move on from from a guy like that. I still think we add um, a, a, a different type, or or we just we just evolve other players into that that um, space creator role. I just think he needs some more help. That's it. You need I don't more want help. to look forward to a season without Stefan Diggs and. Potentially, well, I wouldn't even say potentially. I don't think Gabe Davis will be back. That would be a very different Bills team heading into next season. Yeah, yeah, I'm always hopeful, and I feel like um, what they call it the the salary cap is a myth. Yeah, you know. Well, and and I'm I'm pretty well versed in that, and I you know I found a lot of creative ways to create money. I just don't see that you know with as many players that we're going to have to sign to the, right. the squad that we'll be able to bring. Realistically, I feel you. But I'm I'm always stay hopeful. Yeah. We go keep yeah. everybody, even Gabe, and then we go bring Keenan Allen. I yeah. keep on vouching for you Keenan. 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 I just feel like that play style Keenan is what we need to Keenan will have to take a, add, yeah. a nice discount, though. That's cool. That's cool. Look, you already got a hundred million, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Accumulated through the there years. Come take, come sacrifice a year and come ball with the Bills. I think that's for everybody out there. All you players out there, come experience the Bills mafia, yeah. man. Take it to sacrifice a year of your money, and then um, you know, win a bowl, and then you'll get more money right, later. Right, right. And I think Keenan would be amazing in this uh, in this offense. Yes. I think with with him, it's just whether or not he'd be able to to take that discount and right. uh, to come out there. But right. imagine Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen. Even I would I even like um I even like Kincaid if we don't go get Keenan, I know that's a big axe, but we have Kincaid who I feel like is a, a excellent space creator. You know, um first year I felt like when I seen him in the Pittsburgh game, I was just like, yeah, he can get a hundred catches if we just force it to him and um and let and then we'll evolve from there. The evolution will be faster if you force it to him. He ended up coming out with seventy two or something yeah. like that, right? It was it him and Shakira I think did um you know, extremely well this season, yeah. and I'm looking forward to that evolution yeah. of them playing too. So he can he can yeah. be our space creator type. You know right. that that give that eases Josh's mind when he's back there in tight situations. I know I can just throw it there because he'll get over. I think my thing with um with both Kincaid and well, I'm gonna actually say Shakira a little bit more because I'll, I'll relate it to the wide receiver role. Okay, I feel like if Gabe is gone, bring you know kind of not forcing Shakir into that, you know, right, wide receiver right. two role. I, like, I, like how you I, I kind of, you know, want us to to focus on getting a wide receiver two that can hopefully eventually move into wide receiver right. one and keep, you know, uh, Khalil just being able to, you know, go side to side and, and kind of fill right. in where he needs to be. Absolutely. I think that's where Gabe was the most successful too. Right. Was right. coming in as, you know, third or fourth option. Indeed. So. And, and just, just, as, just the stamp that is, even though we don't want them to put that out, that outside pressure of being a number two is going to happen always. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's on the players uh, yeah. to to, under, to mentally block that out. Right. You know, stepping into Stefan thing, he might have said some things, and that's all in response of being a human of um, protecting yourself or fight, going right. back at it. But you know, it is what it is. I think it's all in the suspense of the off season, keeping yeah. things interesting. And, I just um, wish we could just have an off season where we're going to have all these narratives, yeah, especially yeah, yeah. about Diggs. But, yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry about it. So uh, the reason why we're all out here is that, you know, the Super Bowl this week and, uh, you know, yeah, your prediction yeah, for the for game sure. and why is it, you know, the 49ers. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to go San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. In, in my surprise, re surprise. Yeah, <laughs> my reason is it's the home team. Um, and I feel like, you know, I feel like the game is going to be, I feel like the Niners is going to be winning the game. I think at the end it's going to come down to Mahomes to do something great. You know okay. what I'm saying? And um, I feel like that's how it's, how it's going to play out. Either we'll make that stop on third down or fourth down, um, and then we'll win. Niners will win the game, or um, Mahomes going to do something right. great again. So you think it's going to be a close uh, – you know, yeah, you think yeah. it's going to be close. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be right. down for down to the Chiefs to make a play, and, I, and it's going to be either an a out route or a corner route to Kelsey. And it's like, again, like yeah. you guys can and, stop and the corner. Kelsey's you know going to drop it. No, and, 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I want the Niners to win, but I don't want – you know, I don't want no negativity for anybody. Right. I, I'm that that right. type of dude. You know, if he if he get open and he make it, man, proud of him, proud that he made it. But um, I don't want no injuries. But yeah. I just think it's gonna come down to that last couple plays, right. you know, and that's gonna that's I gonna mean, make it even special. More it's special. kind of how Mahomes always ends games, right? Right, right. right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, um, 
and hey, before we before we wrap this up, I wanted to give you guys give you something. Spence, can you come in also? Recognition recognition plays for. Oh, wow. Thank yep, you. yep. Represent what is in Jay Spence the King, man. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much. Love what y'all always doing. Y'all always speaking the truth. Y'all know me. Through the good and bad. I'm always speaking my heart and say right. what I feel. And I and that's that's what you guys do. So I appreciate, appreciate you guys being that. a part of this here uh, summit. Right. So is there anything you know kind of coming up that you want other people to to know about that you know you want to Yeah, yeah. Them? I mean we'll we'll keep it in, in Western New York. So April sixth, April sixth, we'll have our read and run charity at Lancaster High School. And um, parents, you can drop your kids off, it's free. You know, uh, what we're doing is we're having um, reading in the middle of the field, the football field. Uh, we have our books, our um, Pitts Magic book, our Freddie J book, and mine's also. Um, I'll give you guys a, a, a free, uh, I guess, surprise, I guess. We'll have Eric Wood's book coming oh, out. Nice. Nobody knows about that, That's but awesome. here it is now, everybody will know. But um, yeah, we'll have that event uh, at Lancaster High, April 6th with uh, Justice League of Western New York. And um, we'll also have like a, like I said, the track around, we'll utilize that for um, like exercise and events. Let's you just know, hope just the weather fun. holds up for y'all. Yeah, for sure. You know, it, if it is, if it's not, you know, it'll still be a cool shot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And letting them know that we still in the community supporting. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And this event is amazing. And, you know, everyone check out uh, Club HBHF and, yes. and everything Stevie's doing in the community. Yes, yes. Oh, hey, shout out to Red Zone Football. RedZoneFB-HBHF.com. And yeah, you can we talked your, about that yep, earlier as well. So, indeed, indeed. indeed. Yeah. Interactive game, all inclusive for everyone, you know? So awesome. that's how we great. get it. Thank you, Stevie. Love, love. Hands up, touchdown. I run it back like a touchdown. Hands up, touchdown. Many go wild like a touchdown. Hands up, touchdown. I run it back like a touchdown. Hands up, touchdown. Many go wild when I touchdown. <laughs>